Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an NFL podcast made in Scotland discussing America's game. Week 10 is just around the corner, so it's time for the preview crew. I'm your host, Dan, and joining me tonight are some of the finest crew members. Tonight, joining me uh, was going to be the full Thursday crew, because it seems to be the same guys every week. Unfortunately, Craig's been tied up with work, so we just have to make do with the three of us. Guys, a, a, a wee interesting point I, I picked up on this week. You know how the NFL, the fans of NFL teams have got their own kind of nicknames? So you've got like the Cowboys Nation and the Bills Mafia. We all now know that the Chiefs fans are called Swifties. Well, after the quarterback performance last week, Craig and his fellow Vikings fans are now called Dobbers. Did you know this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know that. And I had no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely excellent. That's uh, magic. It's almost like... Dobby, the house elf from uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> For those that are not listening in Scotland, uh, Dobber is a Scottish slang word. You can, you can look up on the Urban Dictionary. We won't go into it in detail on the pod. <laughs> First up joining me tonight, this guy is the founder of the UK Matt Jones fan club. He's a founder, the sole member, and also the first person to resign from the club. It's good, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. Great to be here. How's you getting on? <laughs> not too bad, not too bad. This is the best bit about this podcast, these introductions. is the bit I spend the most time on. <laughs> well, she you don't get into that, introduced. Oh, exactly. That's, that's what the, the, the whole <laughs> we, need, we need to have uh, the, the listeners or like the, you know, the folks to maybe kind of write in some suggestions for an introduction for Dan for next week then. And uh, we can read that out on air. <laughs> that's fine, I'm not on next week, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Be perfect. <laughs> we'll have a roast of Dan without you. There. <laughs> um, so I've learned something new today, right? But before I, I before I expand on that, the next the next person we've got on the pod tonight, his Bengals team were my favourite team with a name associated with a tiger, but they've been replaced now. Suzuki Stu, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well, but depending on how you're or where you're going with this whole tiger replacement name for a team thing. So, there is a junior ice hockey team that plays in the Western Hockey League in Alberta, and they're called the Medicine Hat Tigers. Oh, yeah, what yeah. What a name. <laughs> Medicine Hat. What a, what a name for a town or a city. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. We, we have a lot of, you know, kind of few few kind of police names or a bit like that there. But, yeah, Medicine Hat Tigers, um, I think they're in, they might actually be in town here. This weekend, or they were there last week, because uh, they, they would play the Edmonton Oil Kings. And I did not know that. Yeah. What sort of link is that for me to come up with that the week that they are in town? I genuinely I know. didn't know that. Timing, timing. <laughs> <laughs> so the other week when I predicted you were going to be in your car, and you were. <laughs> you know what? You should start putting on lottery. You need to start putting on the lottery, or like maybe you should tell us what your picks are. Each week for uh, the games and the pick them because I'm doing terrible in that. I don't know about the rest of you. But... So much. You know what? You know. <laughs> I always let my heart rule my head. That's my problem. Aye. I just forget to do it some weeks. <laughs> I forgot to do it for week two. <laughs> you probably still have a better like You know what? <laughs> hey, a percentage you've got nine out of ten right. That's you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Hey guys, we'll move on. Thanks for joining tonight as always, guys. It does seem to be always was on a Thursday night and it's always good to chat to you. So let's move on with the kickoff question. Tonight's kickoff question is just a, a random thought that I had the other day and I thought we'd throw out there. And it does come on the back of the, the international games and 
discussions and I don't think we're going to see an NFL team worldwide anytime soon. But hypothetically, if you could pick any city in the world to have an NFL expansion team, where would it be and what would the team name be? Stu, I'll come to you first. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to immediately shout out the easy, obvious one, which is Edmonton. And say, let's uh, let's bring the NFL to Canada, but no, no, that's that's too that's too easy an answer here, and it would also kill the CFL. So we maybe don't want to do that. Now, I think where I would love to see a team, um, purely because I don't know. I mean, I guess again, easy easy answer kind of thing. I'm totally copping out here. I think they should maybe just move on to London, because if you look at the amount of folk that head to games there from all over the UK, and even look kind of head over from the states and that as well. Why not just move the Jaguars, just have them there in London? I think that's the, the way to go. So would it be the London Jaguars or what would you what would the team be called? I mean I would just I'd, I was gonna say London Lions, but then went, no, you can't do that, there's the Detroit Lions. So no, <laughs> London Jaguars, I'm completely copping out. <laughs> Taking the easy the easy way out, so yeah. it's not you like normally you go outside the box, so we'll let you off on this occasion. Scud. Where are you going and what's your team? I would go to the ones for like in Glasgow or something like that and go for the Glasgow Gladiators or some malarkey like that. But think about where I'd like to go and see a game and for the experience in the weekend away, etc. I'll go with Berlin. I'll love the city. It's a cracking place to go and visit. Um, and as last week shown, Germany's got a great fan base as well. So it would be good to have it there. Plus their beer's not too bad. Now you can't call them the Berlin Thunder. So what name are you going for? Uh, Berlin Brawlers. Berlin, Berlin Bratwurst. The <laughs> <laughs> <A> sausage team. <laughs> do, do you think they'll be Vikings? Think they'll be trade for the Vikings for Madison? Aye. <laughs> 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 The only other one I thought of from a joke point that I, I didn't whip out there, uh, speaking of sausages, was um, <laughs> a, if, and this is purely just based on the name of the team. I thought when I was sitting going and going through it, going, okay, I could go jokey with this and ended up copping out and going for London. I thought about Turin in Italy and having the Turin shrouds. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So I went the complete opposite way and I just went with an absolute joke. Uh, there's no logic behind mine at all, apart from I think it's funny. I'm probably going to be the only person that thinks it's funny. So uh, we, we've talked many times about uh, expanding into Mexico. So I would go for a team in Ap- Acapulco and they're going to be called the Locos. So we can say <laughs> we're going to see the Locos in Acapulco. <laughs> that be, uh, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, I mean, you used to have a song ready made for them. <laughs> Anyway, guys, enough enough for my nonsense. Well, it's been one of those days. Uh, folks that are listening and watching, um, if you follow us on socials, you'll know that we've currently got a, a cracking giveaway uh, on the go at the moment with the giveaway queen herself, Claire the Bear. Uh, if you check out our socials, mainly our Twitter, uh, you'll see it all over there, what you can win. There's loads of NFL goodies. Uh, with all Claire's giveaway, she, she doesn't tell you what it's going to be. It's a big surprise box, but... We can't let you in in a secret. There's loads of Scottish stuff in there. There's tunnocks, there's iron brew soap, loads of good Scottish goodies for you as well. So check us out on the Twitter. Uh, get that giveaway. I think we've only got a few days left. Um, it's been a great response to it so far. So if you want to get a chance of winning, go in and check the tweet out. All the instructions are, are all in there. Um, you don't want to miss out on this one. Right, guys, on to the games this week. So we've flipped it. 
last week we had all the obvious games, but that tonight this is my favourite Thursday night games. When, when we, we pick games that are out the box and we cover teams that we don't really talk about and we can have a great discussion about them. So that's what we're doing tonight. We've picked three games that teams that are probably a bit uh, neglected on, on, on the preview crew. Um, so for the first one, I'm going to steal some of Craig. Craig sent us some stats across tonight because he'd he done his homework before we started tonight. So he sent us, sent us across. So we're plagiarising Craig's homework here. So these two teams have got 10 Super Bowls between them. But I can tell you right now, they're not going to be anywhere near it this season. The Packers haven't won in Pittsburgh since 1970. Since then, the Steelers are 5-0 at home against the Packers. And the last time these two teams played, it was Big Ben against Aaron Rodgers. Now, we all, we all know that the quarterback situation at these two teams is completely different now. Um, we'll all cover this one. Uh, but Scott, kick us off by telling us, how are the Steelers 5-3? and three? Lucky. Um, <laughs> when you look at their... <laughs> no, to me, they've had an easy ride for so far uh, into the season. And I think they're... Uh, what's the word for it? They're flattering. Um, they're flattering to deceive at that because it's... They're, to me, I, I don't, I've watched them a couple of times, even just in red zone or games in 40, and they're a hard, hard team to watch. There seems to be no consist. There's nothing apart from defense where they've always been solid. That's the that's probably the main reason why they're five and three. They're keeping them in it and keeping the games close, and they're managing to come up with some plays. But apart from that, they've they're just lackluster. They've got two decent wide receivers, but. I'm not sure if um, Pickens is the answer at quarterback, to be honest with you, mate. Pickett. Yeah. Pickett, sorry, Pickett. Pickens, they Pickett me all the time. <laughs> I do it as well. <laughs> Maybe he'd be better at throwing it, actually. Switch them around and see what happens. Yeah. No, 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 no Scott. I, I was going to say there, just to kind of slightly counter that point, like uh, one of the things that I kind of flagged up on this, like in the past couple of games at least, and it you know doesn't speak for the whole season. Um, I almost said Pickens as well. Pickett has been actually playing a lot better, and I know his passer ratings are up around about a hundred, or it's been over a hundred for the last two games. So we've seen with Deontay Johnson coming back healthy, they do seem to be picking up a little bit on the offense. They're still a hard watch. I'm not saying that they're like you know it's not like watching peak Chiefs or right. the Bengals now that we're rolling. Um, but they are looking slightly better on the offense. Um, but yeah, you, you nailed it. Like their defense is the thing that's been keeping them in their game, uh, keeping them in games. And as long as they can keep TJ Watt like healthy and rolling, uh, that's going to help them. Joey Porter Jr. What an inspired pick that was. And obviously, oh, you know, I'm a, a Bengals fan. I don't like to see the kind of the Steelers doing well. It was still it's one of those ones where it's nice to see a guy who's got the family connection to the team getting drafted by them. And uh, he's, I think he's second overall in the league when you look at uh, defensive rating or for for coverage ratings, kind of thing, or like how we de- how we define that. So he's a guy that you could see maybe kind of getting defensive rookie of the year or something at the end of it. So their defense is definitely what's keeping them in games. I do agree yeah. that maybe maybe Pickett's know the know the guy to keep them going forever, but definitely in the last few games he's improved a lot. But I yeah. still think they've only averaged 16 points a game, hmm. 30th overall in the league. So there's where your issue is straight away. Um, and their defense is used to be said they're keeping them in it. But I just think I just think it's been a hard watch to be honest with you. That I don't enjoy I don't enjoy watching my Patriots just much now either. So I'm not saying anything out untoward, but they're just a hard watch. Yeah, personally, I feel. 
It's funny they think it though. Oh, sorry, Don, you go down. I was going to say, just touching on their defence, they've held teams to under 21 points in five of the last six games. So, as you say, the defence is what's getting them to where they're at. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the uh, what it reminds me of is the year where uh, Rangers went to the UEFA Cup final, where it kind of seemed they would play teams like nothing each, and then they would get one break kind of thing and score, and they would just take their chances. And this, this is kind of like the gridiron equivalent of that, where they're keeping teams down low because it's like their defence is, you know, let's face it, they're elite kind of thing. And, uh, you know, one of the four pretty much elite defences that are playing in that AFC North division. Um, yeah. And yeah, they can definitely build on offence and go from there. The one thing I would say for the Steelers moving forward that has me slightly worried as a Bengals fan is that when you look at the, uh, the schedule, um, I don't know if you want to kind of bring it up while I'm talking there, kind of Dan, yeah, but when I have a quick look at it, Heading towards the end of the season, it's like they're already sitting there. We, you know, they're above us. I mean, because we're sitting last in the division, even though we're also five and three because of the, the head to heads or the or head to heads against the FC North. Um, their schedule is not really all that hard towards the end. I know they have the divisional games, but I can definitely see a path for Pittsburgh to make it into the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go there and uh, they're going to win the Super Bowl, but. Yeah. I so, can see them making the playoffs because they just have that easy path. Like, or they, they, they off their games. Well, let's look at it. So we've got, obviously, the Packers this week. They've then got the Browns, the Bengals, which are both oh, yeah. games could go either way. And both are way. The Cardinals, we'd expect them to win. The, the Patriots, we'd expect them to win. Cam yourself. Uh, no, I would again, could go either way. Yeah. Bengals again. Could go either way, but then they finish up to the Seahawks and the Ravens. So it depends where the Seahawks and the Ravens are at those last two games of the yeah. season. So there's 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 winnable games there. There's probably games that I, I think I think they'll beat the, the Cardinals and they beat the Patriots. The rest of it is going to be a toss up, and it could go either way. I think. See, I can't me, see the Bengals playing the way they've been playing, getting beat off the Steelers. Honestly, especially twice. I definitely can't see us losing twice. Uh, I can see us maybe losing the one in Pittsburgh. Um, then the other games I have them winning is I do think we'll beat the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks are starting to struggle as well. They've been they've been looking a little rougher. And then uh, last game of the season, that's one where unfortunately, basically, we're now getting ahead into preview preview land here. But yeah. the Bengals play the Ravens next week. I think that's the game that's going to decide whether anybody other than the Ravens is going to win the division. If the Ravens beat us in that game, they've beat us twice in the season, we can't catch them. They'll be, you know, potentially, if they win this week, they're yeah, what are they now? seven and two. So if they win this week, they're eight and two. They beat us, they're nine and two. Nobody's catching them. So by the time they play that last game of the season, they're not going to be playing their starters. Yeah. Kind of thing. So that's, that's a winning game for the Steelers. Yeah, so I mean, the Steelers, it's, it sounds daft saying it, but the, the, what happens between now and the end of the season really is a 50 50 situation. We're looking at that running, there's not, they'll pick up those probably those two wins, which let's in theory put some seven and three. We'll just talk hypothetically for a second. How many more games do they need to win, do you think, to get into the playoffs? If they get, if they win those two, two or three. I mean, I'm think, I think they have the Seahawks and are above the extra ones on top of the win, win against the Pats, yeah, they win the week. Cardinals. They win against the Seahawks in the last game against the Ravens. Is the I hear what you're saying about the Seahawks, too, but see the fact they're playing the Seahawks in Seattle, that makes a big thing for me. 
Seahawks, if it's Seahawks at, at, at um, Pittsburgh, and I'll probably be almost the same as you, a guaranteed win. But I think making it there, there's a big, big, that's a big, big difference having the, the crowd behind them. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, we're talking hypothetically, we don't know what the Seahawks position is going to be getting into that second last game. But if they're at home needing to win to go to the playoffs, you know that you probably wouldn't bet against them. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes for the Steelers. So, what what players have stood still you see the Steelers probably more than most of us this year? What kind of what players have stood out? Obviously we mentioned Joey Porter and, and TJ yeah, Watt. Who, who else kind of has, has stood out for them this year? I mean, again, he's been missing a bit of time and all that, but Deontay Johnson, since he came back, he's shown that he is still an elite wide receiver in the league. I think as yeah. well, and he's doing it with Pickett at quarterback. Um Pickens is obviously he's been there in flashes as well. I mean, we know about the uh the prima donna moment. That has happened in the past week where he's all of a sudden deleting everybody from his Instagram <laughs> and unfriending Kenny Pickett. Like it's it's like your uh, high, high school drama on Facebook yeah. kind of where folk are unfriending each other. But when he's played well, he's played very well. Um, the running backs, too, actually, like, I, you know, considering how I mean, I, I'm gonna say the word poor here, but how poor the O line has looked. Both Harris and Warren have been, you know, doing their bit kind of thing, and they seem to be turning into a decent tandem kind of thing. So, uh, you know, they have guys that are they're playing pretty well. But, yeah, the, ma- the main ones are obviously your TJ Watt, your Joey Porter Jr., um, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick, is, you know, the, yeah. the usual suspects almost kind of thing. Apart from Joey this, is first, this is the first time I've actually looked at the, the, the Steelers' depth chart this season. Their defence is absolutely stacked. Aye. <laughs> Cam, Cam, so you also mentioned those, but you Cam Hayward as well. Yeah, Juan Alexander, Alex Heisman, Patrick Peterson, Keanu Neal. Plus, you Porter Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. That, that's an absolute stacked defense. Landon Roberts as well. Yeah. Oh, I so Boswell yeah, <laughs> is it the kicker? Is Boswell? He's obviously been. He's no met. Oh. I don't think He's not missed it, but I know this because we have a side Randall bet uh, where between me, Brian, and Martin, who's a Steelers fan, where it's all down to whose kicker misses the most field goals under 54 yards in the season. Boswell's no missed one yet. I think he's he's had 13 and made every single one of them, whereas McPherson's missed two, and I know Brian's now a bit humped because I think his guy's missed three. Like Hopkins, as much as Hopkins has been good too. So, so yeah. Boswell's been lights out again. He's almost turned into bloody um, Justin Tucker in Baltimore. <laughs> Must be something about the AFC North and their kickers. Aye. <laughs> I've also got to give a shout out for that punter, Presley Harvin the Third. What a name! Great I love name. a good NFL <laughs> name. I'm talking about names, we just quite to the topic. Bit sad that Dresser Win get released this week with the Rams after me giving them a shout out last week. Obviously, he didn't even for a win. That was that he was dressed yeah. for a loss. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's just a pattern on this podcast. It just gets better and better every week. <laughs> right, let's let's flip over then, uh, to the Packers then. Scud, what's, what's what's the situation with the Packers this year? Um, just loves knows. I think Love's having a steep learning curve. If he is going to come good, he'll need time to do it. You thought him sitting out a couple of years under Rodgers would have learned and came from that, but he's not looked too hot, to be honest with you, so far. He's seems he's trying to rush the ball, try to preempt things and just making silly mistakes. Again, it is his first, so it's, although he's been in the league for 
as his third, fourth season. It's really the only fun the first time he's had to lead the lead the team. Fourth year, I think. I thought so. It's just it's a hard one for him because he's spent all that time behind one of the greats of the game. But it's different for learning from the sideline and coming on and doing it. And I think he is struggling. To be honest with you, they've not got the greatest group of weapons right about him either. So it's a harder task that way. Some of the wide receivers have been doing better than I thought they were going to, especially with Watson been missing so much of this season so far. Like your Dobbs and your Reed have all stood up and been doing well for him. But I don't know. It's just yeah. a it's a it's a transition year. That's all you can really say for them. It's just it is what it's going to be. But I don't know what the answer is. Aaron Jones is getting more and more injury prone the older he's getting as well. Yeah, and we obviously know about Aaron Rodgers shouting about not getting wide receivers um, when he was there, and obviously the guys that you just said, Scott, the guys that are, are there are doing a decent enough job, but still, are, are the wide receivers they've got are they good enough to to develop and elevate this team to where it needs to go? I, I mean, it's one of those things where I think Green Bay fans might need to, you know, basically buckle up and accept that especially with the division they're in, it might be a lean couple of years, like coming you know, this year, maybe another couple of years on top of that, moving forward. I, you know, I like Watson a lot. Obviously, he's been injured, so he's been out. And I agree with Scott, like the other guys, I think they've actually looked pretty decent. Like, yes, I would say none of them are lights out studs kind of thing, but I don't see any reason to say I'll just cut bait on them and set them go. I think you need to let it play out, at least for the rest of the year and see if you can get any chemistry with Jordan Love, and then by the time you hit the summer, then you're maybe thinking well, you make a decision on Love in terms of, like, is he the guy we want you kind of back for another year moving forward, or are we looking for another quarterback in the draft? Are we looking at maybe signing uh, the Vikings would hate this, seeing as they just got him, but a guy like Dobbs Who's clearly showing like wherever he's went, um, he's you know he's pretty as bad as Arizona were. He made them pretty irrelevant. Yeah. And I think in the first part of the year, and then we all saw the the fear. I'm sure that you know they spoke about it a lot in the um or in the review crew. Oh no, yeah, I guess the, we never had the review crew this week. I think it was Castle, <laughs> but we were going to talk about Dobbs quite a lot on that. So um, yeah, if you're Green Bay, maybe you're looking at trying to, try to grab someone else. But wide receiver-wise, yeah, I, I actually quite like the room, and I think there's a lot of room to grow there because they're young players and they yeah. do have potential. Yeah, so just you mentioned on the, the running back position there, Scott. Obviously, Aaron Jones is, is getting a bit, getting on a bit. You've got AJ Dillon as well. Is that a position we think they need to address over the next couple of years? Definitely. AJ Dillon's got his uses, but he's more a power, old-school running back, like powerhouse. Mm-hmm. You just got to get the short yardage of tough yards. But if they want a dynamic playmaker, what Jones was, I think they definitely somewhere they need to try and strengthen that in the upcoming offseason. Definitely seems to be a position because that can help a young quarterback out while he's learning his game. That and a good solid tight end that's always an under for him. Yeah. So they've got Musgrave there. He's reasonably new there as well. So um, he's not really. We can, all of them have done a, a serviceable job at the moment. They're just not making that step up this year. Like you say, it's a transition for them. On the other side of the ball, they picked up Rashawn Gary uh, on a trade deadline. Uh, they've also obviously got uh, Jair Alexander at the cornerback as well. How, how are they looking on the defensive side of the ball, Jinx, too? Uh, Jair Alexander, like he of the big mouth. I like to kind of 
always say because he he is quite mouthy and he loves to kind of talk yeah. about down wide receivers and uh, I get it. It's the it's the whole thing with with DBs like DBs and wide receivers like they're I guess because they hang around together so much they yeah. kind of end up with similar personalities like they're, they're quite mouthy. I guess look at Eli Apple the way he was for the the Bengals and even for the G Men before that. Um, but no, like on the defensive side of the ball. And I feel like it's the same sort of thing we were seeing last year where we kept waiting, we kept hearing about how good the Packers' defence was and we're still waiting for them to kind of turn up. Like they've looked better this year than last season, right enough, but it's... I don't know, Jair Alexander, I don't know if he's as good as he thinks he is. He's one of those, one of those guys, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'm being harsh here, but I, I just always kind of feel like Whenever he talks about being able to shut people down, he doesn't do it. Whereas you then have guys like the Jets, like Sauce Gardner, who even as a rookie last year was shutting down top options, kind of thing. So Jair Alexander, I don't know. He does, it's, it's not like it's not the Steelers' defense. We'll put it that way. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going really to into too much. Either, but I know some of the Packers fans are wanting a new head coach as well. So we'll see how that plays out because they're obviously not going to, by the looks of it, have a winning record this season. So. Are the owners going to stick with them? Um, let's see that plays out. So let's look at the Packers for the rest of the season. Um, so at the moment they're currently three and five. So looking at their fixtures, let's let's pull them up. So uh, they beat the Bears, they beat the Saints, and they beat uh, the Rams last week, obviously. Um, so that's where they picked up the win this season. So. Steelers this week, they've then got the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears again. So that's a good opportunity for them to pick up some wins in there between now and the end of the season. I mean, you could see them, that their game against the Steelers could go either way this weekend. Game against the Giants should be an opportunity for them to pick up a win, same with the Panthers, and then same with the Bears. So pick up another three wins, and it turns out they've been they're still going to be a losing season, but it's not going to be the worst, is it, Scott? No, it's not. It won't be... You're not going to be... I think you'll be close to maybe even not getting 500, but you'll be a decent chance of shy, not shy from it, which when you try to do a rebuild with all those young players, you can't be upset with that. You can't when you're trying to figure out stuff out because there's still a lot of questions of what you're going to do going forward. So, no, I... I think you should be happy with that. And as you said, Stu, it's maybe a couple of years before they get back to it again because you've got a strong division. You've got Alliance coming good. Mm-hmm. The Bears will just need to wait until they need another cup. They're, they're still in transition as well. And then the Vikings, when Kirk's back next year, should be different again. So it's, they've got a, a hard division and I think they've got to, need to bear with it and take time and just trust in the, trust in the team, trust in the management. Okay, guys, let's get to predictions then. I'll kick off. I'll give you uh, Craig's obviously has a cross. So, Craig's got the Steelers winning this by five in a 21 16 game. Scud, how do you see this one going? Steelers by three. Stuart? I also think the Steelers are going to win it as well. And I think it's going to be in that three, four point window. And overall, yeah, it'll be pretty low scoring because, as we said earlier, the Steelers don't allow many points. Against them and their offense isn't that great, so yeah, something like 1916, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Like that. yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go steal as well, but I think I'm gonna go 14 9, something like that. I don't think a 14 10. 
I don't <laughs> think it's going to be much in this game at all. Um, I think it's going to so be. So what we're saying is go and put your mortgage on Green Bay. And it's also going to be five minutes too. Aye. You're going to get your scoreline. Yeah. Uh-huh. Excellent, guys. That's great. We'll, we'll move on to the next game then. Um, so if the season ended right now, we would have three NFC North teams in the playoffs. Who would have predicted that at the start of the season? Stu, you obviously know these teams probably better than... Maybe, maybe Brian would be competitive between you and Brian. Who knows these teams better? I assume he would know his Browns better than you know them, but you never know. So it's the Browns and the Ravens, <laughs> NFC North clash. Um, how's this one going to go? Well, I mean, just on what you said there as well, it's kind of hilarious that uh, at the start of the year, because I think both you and I had predicted that the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And right now, we are not one of those three NFC North teams that are currently <laughs> in the playoffs because we are last in the division. So, yeah. <laughs> This game, though, like speaking of the you know the Ravens and the Browns, like heading into this week, for me, this is all about the defenses more than anything because you've got two of the like absolute best defenses in the entire league. Like I think both of them um, are fighting out for in most categories. They're first and second and flipping it over. Like I think the only one where the Browns are outside the top two is they are yeah they are third in points allowed against per game. So even when they're not in the top two, they're third best in the entire league. And I think so you have like on one side of the ball you've got the Browns with Michael Garrett, who is most definitely in the running, which Brian will love for defensive player of the year. This year I think he's joint second favourite right now with TJ Watt, uh, who is obviously playing in the same division. So it's kinda <laughs> it's funny to watch that. And uh, so he's sitting sitting there. I think they're both on eight sacks for the season, so or eight and a half sacks. Um, and only who's ahead of them? I think it's Micah Parsons is the only person that's ahead of them in the in the betting right now. Um, interesting aside, as a Bengals fan though, Train Hendrickson is actually only half a sack back of both Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. So um, defenses in the North pretty yeah. elite kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, like heading into this game though, like the. You know, you've got that kind of thing where the Ravens, like we're saying, they're first in points allowed against per game. Like they're, I think they're only letting it's an average of what 20, 13.8. Yeah, 13. That's I was gonna say 14. So yeah, 13.8 per game, second in yards allowed. Um, and then the Browns, they are first in yards allowed per game. So for me, I'm like the, the main storyline with this is probably going to be whose defense is going to stand up and kind of hold off the offense of the other team on the offense. <laughs> Side of the ball, though, that's where I think a little bit more different because you know to answer that question, almost the Ravens right now are sitting sixth in the league um, for with twenty six point six points per game, and you know in their last like four, they've scored at least twenty four points in every single one of those games, and they are definitely looking like they're clicking now. The Browns, that's where they maybe kind of fall down a little bit, where the rushing attack looks decent, but the the quarterback play. Yeah, I know Watson's been injured, but they, they maybe just haven't had quite uh, as much there as what the Ravens have had from Lamar. Yeah. So let, let's just pick out a couple of key players that you mentioned, one of them there, and I don't think we can talk them in more detail. I think we probably have, but I don't, I don't get tired of talking to them. Scud, let's talk about Miles Garrett. Oh, the man's a machine. Um, there's not much more you can say than that. He's just devastating. Devastating the amount of quarterback, as you say, sacks he's got, tackles he's got, is ridiculous, and he's just, 
you can't contain him. Um, and to me, he's he's eating out. And Donald has been the best pass rusher in the game to get to the quarterback. Obviously, as younger and fitter, but the guy's just <laughs> unbelievable. And I must say, it takes a certain man that can sit in the sideline and wear that big chain in between in between series. <laughs> Size of that chain he puts on at the sideline is ridiculous. <laughs> Not only does he does he sack quarterbacks and make tackles, he hurdles offensive lines to block was, field goals as well. Point afters. Yeah. <laughs> how, good, how good was that? Off of one foot as well. It wasn't. It wasn't a two. It was a one-footed jump and all yeah. to, to do that generally and to also not draw the flag by not making contact. It was just. It was just a superhuman effort with this dude. Oh, it's absolutely like insane. Like him as an athlete. Like I don't know. How many? I don't know if there's a more impressive athlete for me in the entire league right now. I want to say that, and I was saying it a lot last season as well. Is the guy is just a freak, like an absolute freak kind of thing. So, yeah, he's um, yeah, something else. Uh, on the offensive side of the balls, obviously, we we seen Deshaun Watson coming back last week. Um, do we expect much out of him? His obviously, there's all this chat about is he starting games? Is he not starting games? Is he fit? Is he not fit? What's going on, William Scud? You know, I don't think they've signed the player they thought they were signing. To be perfectly honest with you, I've still not seen anything come out with what he was doing back in his. What well, it sounds stupid, it's in his prime, but when he's playing with the Texans at the start of his career, he's nowhere, not showing anywhere near that same performance that he did back then. And I would say he's got a better team than what he had back then as well. He's got more. Weapons, better line, a good run game. It will base off of so the RPOs there easily for him. So everything should work well for him. But I don't. Could be the biggest flop transfer in history. It's definitely going to be one of the most expensive flops. Anyway, that's that's for sure. Um, Flipping over to the Ravens, and Stu, who's who's impressed you from the Ravens this year? I've obviously mentioned Lamar there, but who else impressed you? Yeah, Lamar. He's another guy that like I've been. You know, even as a Bengal fan, I've been a fan of Lamar since he's come into the league. He's a guy that, like, you know, he obviously has won the MVP before. And this year, is he managing to kind of play his way into that conversation again? Because as much as we all knew him as the rushing quarterback and people tried to kind of downplay him with that, this year, he's, I think he's got his accuracy is over 72% for passing. So he is throwing the ball around as well. And, um, you know, it. I guess, like, obviously his kind of main target is still Mark Andrews. Like, he's he does what he does. He's absolutely awesome. Zay Flowers is showing things in flashes, although I should have a, a slight kind of admittal. I'd picked him as one of the, you know, or one of my, I think he was my sleeper pick for the week last week, based on him having a really quiet week the week before. Well, he had an even more quiet week last week. <laughs> so, oh, tell me about I've got my But no, yeah. Also, I, I think for a rookie that's kind of making him in as a wide receiver, he's it's just that nature of the boom bust thing of like sometimes if you're if you're in coverage that doesn't play well to your roots, you're not going to be tossed the ball. But he's a guy that's definitely impressed me because it's hard coming into the league as a, a rookie wide receiver because it's no not quite the same as being a running back where a lot of time you're just kind of handed the rock and it's like on you go, look for the gap, in the tackles, like you know, off you go. You're learning playbooks. You're trying to find timing with the quarterback and everything. Uh, he's really impressed me. Um, on the defensive side, like it's almost just like a whole, you know, like I guess like go down the list, Dan. If you bring up their depth charts and defence, and let's just do a, a roll call of the Ravens. 
Let's do it. Uh, so on your line, you've got, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this guy's name right, Madawiki, yeah. Michael Pierce, Broderick Washington, uh, Odafe Oweya, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Jadavian Clowney, Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hilton, Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey. That's the thing, it's like you go down that list, and I'm just thinking, going like these guys would be stars on like some other teams, kind of thing. But yeah. then this, or you know, I, I actually I keep forgetting until I, I always remember when I watched them playing. I keep going, oh, there's Jadavian Clowney because <laughs> I'm still <laughs> used to at the Browns for the last few years, but I'm just like, oh, crap, he's there as well. I'm just like, Jesus. I mean, that, that, this might just be my memory. Now, was Jadavian Clowney not a defensive lineman when he came into the league? Am I getting mixed up with somebody else? Because they've got him listed as a linebacker. He's a he was a defensive even in uh, even he was a DE like a defensive yeah. edge like uh, when he played rounds. Although I mean linebacker or edge rusher, but they definitely didn't have him in that like you know the second row with linebackers kind of thing. So yeah. it just shows you that I mean he definitely has the build where he can do both kind of thing. He was always a bit of a hybrid, but um, yeah. yeah, I would have called him a defensive end rather than a linebacker. I did think that, but see, just looking back, just looking at the depth chat a bit more, players that aren't getting, well, they're the second phase. You've got Kyle Van Noy, a linebacker, Rock Yersinic, cornerback, and our old favourite, Dave Lejabo, who's obviously an IR as well. So they've got, they've got depth in positions there as well that next man up is not really going to see a massive drop-off in quality either. Um, yeah, that's that's some defence as well. I think we, we mentioned the Ravens, I think we did talk about them the other week, and we were saying like, the Ravens just always seem to produce defences, no matter what. They always just seem to, to produce it, and I don't think it shows any any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Um, Scott, do you get anything else to add to this game? Anything, any other thoughts on it? No, no, I'm only talking about their defence. I said yeah, they always turn in it, because the boy Kyle Hamilton, this is his second year, and as you said there, he would probably walk into most teams. Yeah, He's just a solid player. Um they seem to have a good eye for picking up defensive talent in the draft in all areas. So, no, I, I think that's a good point you made, but they always seem to turn out a good defence no matter what. It just seems to be a good... It just seems to have a right knack for yeah. it. Even even thinking back last year, Scud, like when Lamar was uh, injured like towards the end of the year and the Bengals, we ended up playing them. And, and our defence is good. I think it was last year too. Like We played them in the playoffs. And look how close the Ravens, it was literally like millimetres for victory when Huntley had the kind of beach and we ended up with Hubbard kind of grabbing it and taking it the other way. Um, But that was like, I know Tyler Huntley was doing enough to get them down the field, but he looked absolutely terrible. Because I remember talking about it at the time when we were watching the game, just sitting going like, this is one of these horrible games. I kept sitting, I was watching it going, I feel like the Bengals are going to lose this. And they don't deserve to. Because it's like Huntley, no offence to him, he wasn't really playing that well. It was just he was doing enough to get them down the field. But the Ravens' defence was also doing enough to stymie like that high-powered, fully healthy Joe Burrow offence kind of thing, like, you know, going the other way. So this year, I have to say, as a Bengals fan, I am slightly worried, especially when they're already that far ahead of us in the division, um, because they have that defence that they churn out every year that's like always one of the better ones in the league. And now they seem to be starting to click on offense. They're, you know, speaking about the offensive side of the ball, they're what like, um, you know, how many yards? How many yards did they have last week in rushing? Because it's like the Ravens. They seem to have that run back factory as well. Where it doesn't matter who it is that's running the ball, they'll 
they can have three guys, but they're going to pick up with 200 yards of rushing in a game kind of thing. So. Well, I do know is that Gus Edwards scored two touchdowns, eventually showed up for my fantasy team, so I can tell you that stat. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, he showed up the week before, you just didn't have in your team. Oh, that is also true. Because he had not shown up any other time until I dropped him, which seems to be the common theme of my, uh, my fantasy teams this season. Dan was it? Dan was that the week against me when uh, you probably had more points? Than, you had more games. I get a great game in London, and I think he was on my bench when I was in London. So anybody in the fantasy world out there, if you need a player to play well and he's in my team, let me know who it is, and I'll stick him on my bench for you, and he'll score all the points for you. Right, so yeah. we we can't finish talking about about this game and about the Ravens without letting you talk about your your romance, your favourite player. Let's talk about Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. I mean, well, he's Justin. What have I not said about Justin Tucker? Look, like the guys, he's, he's Mister Automatic. Like you know, he's he's definitely the kicker that all kickers in the league should aspire to be. Although your boy in Dallas is actually, he's looking like he could be. You know, I don't want to jinx him because I mean. I thought the same way Evan McPherson for us, and then last year he started the odd miss crept in, like after he was lights out the entire first year. But um, no, no, Aubrey looks pretty good too. Uh, but yeah, no, Tucker, I honestly don't think I can say anything else. I believe what I've said for <laughs> years about him. Like, the guy's just in case anybody watching or listening to the preview crew has not heard you talking about right. Justin Tucker. I'm just, I know you don't need a platform to talk about him, I just thought I'd give you one. Yeah, he's, the, he's the Miles Garrett of kickers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't jump any over any offensive lines in it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of offensive lines, actually, just before we kind of move on about there, that's one thing for the Browns I worry about um, with them because obviously they, they've had a few injuries there and I know Betonio, he's he's out for this week. It sounds like he's out for another three games as well. And that is something that really worries me for Deshaun Watson and his bruise, strained, who really knows what's going on with it, shoulder. Um, that can sometimes stop him and warm up from even taking the field and also might impact the Browns' rushing game because that's where they seem to be finding most of their success is like with Fulton Hunt, even with Chubb out. Yeah, so uh, I'm just looking through the depth chart. It's not got anything designation against Betonio. I'm just checking the... Yeah, he wasn't... He didn't practice. Yeah, I mean, I didn't practice. I wasn't sure because a lot of people didn't practice, but tends to be Wednesdays tend to be the day they give... Some players off, so yeah, yeah, that could be a could be an issue against that uh, Ravens deeds for for the Sean Watson if he's he's not he's running legs on. Uh, right, let's get predictions in. Scud, where's this one going? Um, Ravens all day long by more than a score. Stu, I also think the same. I think the Ravens, um, but I'm going to say it's going to be closer. I'll say within a score, six points or. Somewhere between four and six points. Yeah, I think I think Miles Garrett and that defense will keep the Browns in it to a point. But I do feel that the the offense for the Browns is not. I don't know. Just something about the watch. I, I thought they looked quite decent under under Walker when he played his games, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Walker came back into the fold. Maybe not this week, but at some point during the season, if Bruce Watson doesn't. But I think they'll end up the defense will. I'll end up a bit gassed in the Ravens. I think the Ravens will win it, and I'll, I'll probably go by about 10. Justin Tucker will, will put the icing on the cake to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> just for you, Stu, just for you. Right, let's move on to the, our last game of covering this week. So this game it sounds a bit like a college football matchup in the NFC, 
It's like basically Washington DC versus Washington State. That's what, that's what we've got this week. We've got the Commanders at the Seahawks. Scud, uh, talk us through this one. Um, that's one that I'm actually, I think I'm looking forward. It could potentially be a decent game. I've seen plenty of how last week against the Patriots and the one thing that stuck out for me was he spreads the ball, spreads the ball around all his wide receivers and all his weapons. Um, obviously, McLaurin's the number one, but Pringle getting touches and everything like that round about, it was actually quite refreshing to see because you're not pigeonhole yourself always trying to get the ball to the main guy, which was refreshing and it's good to see him come in and take his chance. I know the Commanders fans are all aboard the Hill train at the moment, so to speak, but I do think he's doing a solid job. I didn't think he would have. I'll admit that for the start of the season. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I thought we were going to see, is it Jacoby is the backup there? Yeah. I thought we were going to see him. I thought that would have been a better shout, but he's proved me wrong, let's just say that. Um, the thing that concerns me is the Seattle secondary seems to be playing better. I know they've had the struggles on the offense side of the ball, but their secondary seems to be playing decent the last few weeks, getting a, getting a wee bit better. So it'll be interesting to see how he can do because the Patriots had no answers for him, but that's not going for much. We've said we're missing a lot of our defensive good players, so it's not really a, a, sh- a shock that they managed to spread the ball around quick on us. But I think it would be a lot harder to do that with Seattle. So that's going to be interesting how it goes. Yeah. Um, Smith is, I don't know, Smith has basically looked, for a better word, that rank rotten. But he's the last three games he's played, he's played against three top 10 Ds. So I think that's a bit harsh on him. That the opinion you look at him, you think he's playing mince, but he's played against three good, solid deep Ds. So, as he's got a good bounce back candidate with this game here, Washington have no pass rush. They've gave all that away. They've put that into the future. So with them not having a pass rush, I think he'll have a lot of time to throw. And him having a lot of time to throw with all the weapons he's got could be dangerous for Washington. If you're going to give him time in the pocket to get the ball out of Medcalf, Lockett, and Jigba, even Fant. All of that, that's that could be scary. That could be very dangerous for Washington if they allow him the time to go and do that. So, interesting. Sorry, my dogs just want to join in. Um, but um, I think it would be interesting to see. Nessie, shut up. Um, but I think this, with the Seahawks been loaded at wide receiver, I think that could be the key to the game, to be honest with you. They've got a lot more offensive weapons, but I think it should be a good game. Actually, more than I thought I was going to look into it, I was going to enjoy it more when I was looking into the game. I actually, I'm actually looking forward to watching it more than what I originally thought it was going to be. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about Sam Hill for a wee second. Uh, Stu, sacked 44 times this season. That's, that's a crazy amount of sacks to be taken and you're only at week 10 in the season. Um, where is the issue? Is it, is it the offensive line? Is it? Him not getting out the pocket, him not moving about. What's what's going on with this? Um, I think it's a mixture or it's kind of a couple of things. Like obviously the offensive line is part of it, and that is somewhere the commanders will probably be looking to build that as well as in the defence. Um but beyond that, there's also and it this is kind of a rookie thing you see sometimes where from what I've seen of the commanders, Hill occasionally is maybe 
extending plays a little bit too much, like looking to try and make something happen. And that, that's fair enough. Like, you know, I understand that. It's, it's more that he's he's keeping the ball, but then moving around or whatever and trying to kind of keep things going. That's something that he'll probably learn. Like, you know, sometimes it's better just to get rid Um you know, just get it off the throw it into touch kind of thing and just throw the ball away rather than like run around and then end up take the sack and you're losing 20 yards or something like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's better to lose the down and just try again on the third down or whatever it is that you need to do kind of thing rather than, oh, great, now we're third down and 30 <laughs> kind of thing rather than like down and six or whatever they were at. So it's, it's partly the rookie thing or like, you know, the young player and just getting used to the NFL and also the, the O-line as well. But yeah, Hill's best me too. Like, Scott, I think you're right on that as well. Like, I've really enjoyed watching him. And I think yeah, he'll Look at the weapons he's got around about him. So, obviously, we all know about Terry McLaurin. What kind of, what's, what have we made of the dots in this season? What's, and again, I, and that seems to be every player I talk about. I've heard yeah. my fans, he's not impressed. He's not, he's picked maybe one <laughs> game with big numbers. I'll- so, but so I, think, I think I was expecting a lot more from him this season, not, not from, yeah. just from a planet point of view, but I was expecting him to make a big step up this year, but it doesn't seem to have happened as much as what I thought it may have. I, I think this is almost a bit like the, apart from you personally having personal vendettas against guys that don't perform for your fantasy team, I think that might be almost a bit of the... the you know, I, I need to actually look into his numbers as well, but without doing or without going into it too much like that, it's almost a bit like the Devonta Smith situation from last year, where a lot of people really hyped him up in the fantasy circles going into the years and how, oh, this is going to be the guy, he's going to be great, like, he's in a good situation. Terry's there, he's the second receiver, he's going to put up loads of points. And it's not that he's not playing well in real life, I thought that it's just he's maybe not delivering to what people yeah. or the level where people drafted him at because you know Devonta Smith going back to him as an example he actually had a very good year last year in real life the problem was a lot of people took like fifth sixth round picks or whatever news or fourth round in some cases and used them on him expecting him to be oh he's going to be a bargain even there at that price kind of thing he's going to be getting me like 15 20 points a week and you know he had weeks where he was only getting eight or seven and yeah. so I, I think it's maybe more that like Dotson I still think is a good wide receiver and I think him and Scary Terry I think that's that's a good one to punch we've got yeah. there I like yeah. it and, yeah. so right. let's st- stick to stick to run uh, back, stick to wide receivers for a wee second yeah. let's flip over wide receivers again that maybe in real life is doing better compared to what expectations DK Metcalf what was what's the situation there is he we talk about Stefan Diggs and the ego and the attitude and stuff like that. Have we seen the same sort of thing for DK Metcalf over there? I'd like to see you tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Scott, I mean, the, the thing on that, though, is, uh, again, like going back to the Bengals game against the Seahawks, one of the things that we did defence-wise was we just tried to get under his skin. And we basically told him that, and he got annoyed and he started taking flags. So I think that maybe DK Metcalf, as much as he's an absolute specimen and can be, you know, he could be one of the top receivers in the league, I think he needs to get the temperament under control a little bit better because I think that's what's going on with him. Because when you look at their other receivers, it's like Lockett. Lockett's been Lockett for however many years. It feels like a decade now. I know he's not been in <laughs> 
but, Joey's been around forever. Yeah, it just it feels like, and he also just he does that thing where he just pits the same output every year, and he's yeah. one of the guys that he'll get you the first. He just grabs the ball and he'll go down, and he gets you the first down, and he just does exactly what he needs to do. Sticky hands. Uh, GSN looks pretty decent. Like I can see why they drafted them where they did, and you know he's a guy that I think he can definitely develop and keep going. But yeah, DK is is good. I think it's just easy to rile him up. Yeah. I think you're right there. All the greatest players have got a temperament about them, but they need to like, be able to control it in order to get the best out of them. You've seen that for players like take it back to football, like Rooney and that. As yeah. soon as you, you need to try and use that in the right way rather than letting it get to you and disrupting your game. Yeah. If you, know, if you go back to look at this, you look at players like Randy Moss, Trell Owens, yeah. Des Bright, they all had that temperament, but they used it in the right way at the right time most of the time. Obviously, there'll be times where they didn't. But they all had that, they were all fired up, they were always ready to go, but they used it correctly. And maybe if Metcalf can control it and get that and use it the right way, it could elevate him to the levels that we all think he can get to. Agreed. Um, looking at the running back situation, we'll just stay on Seattle for a second. We've got Kenneth Walker, uh, he's down as questionable for this week, so we'll see how that one plays out. And Zach Charbonne, how is the, the Seahawks? Running backs like this year, Scott. How did they look against you last week? I didn't play them last week. Seahawks played. You threw me under the bus there, Jack. It's no hard. Um, no, the Seahawks, I think Kenneth Walker's shown flashes, but I don't know what it is. He's, just, he's no the complete running back, if you ask me. He's not going to go through the gaps. He's more, he's wanting to go out wide and take the ball and go out in the slants, etc. Um, I think he, they get harmed there because of I've not seen a lot, a lot of Charbonnet, whatever he's sorry, whatever his name is, but Charbonnet. I've not seen a lot of him. But I'm not sure his style. Uh, that's something I, I actually don't know if he is a hard nosed go through the go through the gaps kind of guy. But I think Walker needs to be used in the right way, and I don't think he's. I personally don't think he's an every down back. You're not going to use him all the time. I might be completely wrong on that, but that's just the way. When I've seen him, I've found him. A bit lacking when it's trying to get through, just basically up the gut. Yeah, obviously it was the commanders that played the Patriots last week. I'm just getting my teams mixed up. I, I apologise. I've had three under the bus here. When you go, Stu. I was just going to take one thing on the what I've noticed, and I know it's partly due to Walker having those kind of little knocks and injuries and things. Uh, Charbonnet maybe not so much taking his touches away. He has been taking a lot of his snaps because I think we've now hit the stage where Charbonnet is getting more offensive snaps, so he's on the field um, a lot more than Walker kind of thing, but they're still running Walker more up the middle, and I agree with you, I don't know if he's best fit for that. Charbonnet's also the same, though. He's kind of, he's a, he's a shifty back, and, you know, he has a good bit of Steve, uh, Steve, good bit, I don't know who Steve is, good bit of speed, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good receiver of the ball as well, so it's he's one of those guys that in RPOs he's good to have out there. Kind of thing, so an old school third, uh, third down back, basically. Aye, uh, like a Bernard kind of thing. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know if maybe that's something that the Seahawks could look at in the summer is just like somebody like I know he ended up with the Bills, but like Fournette, maybe that would have been a good pick up for them just yeah. to have that guy that he doesn't need to play every back either because he's getting a bit older. But Fournette's a big boy, like I think that's what the Seahawks are maybe missing a bit, like at running back. Let's yeah. flip over to the other side of the ball then. Um, obviously, Scud, you alluded to that um, the commanders have given away their pass rush uh, in the trade deadline. How much are they going to miss uh, Sweat and, and Young? I think massively. I think you're going to give Geno Smith too much time on the ball 
and as I alluded to earlier, I think he he's due a bounce back game. And, and if that can get their confidence up and get them rolling, that would be interesting to see how that pans out to the end of the season. Yep. Uh, and talking about the Seahawks, uh, Stu, they obviously picked up Leonard Williams. What's he, what's he going to give them? What sort of pick-up was that for them? I mean, it's definitely something going to give them a bit more, kind of, I guess, savvy, I would almost say, is the word I want to use there, kind of things. He's a guy that... He definitely knows that side of the ball intimately, and uh, he's definitely kind of he's going to have a positive effect. And the Seahawks, yeah, I get. I guess I mean I was being a bit hard on them earlier, but Scott, you mentioned that like just are they've been up against some of the hardest defenses in the league, and you know even against the teams they've played, it's, it's not that like the Seahawks' defense has been what's let them down. It's just it's the offense hasn't quite clicked. So I think any time you add to a defense, it's like even average. You're obviously going to make it better, so I'll be interested to see what he does. But yeah, I, I like the pick up. Yeah, obviously, just we'll quickly talk about the we mentioned the secondary for the for the Seahawks. If you take that second level uh, with the Seahawks, you've got Bobby Wagner and Daryl Taylor, Jordan Brooks at linebacker, and you've got Devin Weatherspoon, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, and Rick Willen. That's that is some second level they've got there um, against a, a team that's maybe not performing to, to the levels that they can. The, uh, the that that level that secondary will be looking forward to playing against Washington this week. Let's have a quick look at their fixtures going forward. I think we mentioned the Seahawks all week. This is going to after this week they had an absolute horror run. Um, they've got so they're obviously the Commanders this week. They then play the Rams, which are a divisional game, but very winnable for them. They then do 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Something in the night game at the head office. <laughs> four games there, and that and that is it. When you look at that, so we're, we're 10, 11, so that 12, 13, 14, week 12, 13, 14, and 15, at that key point of the season where you really need to be winning games to make that push for the playoffs, to get hit with those four games is an absolute shock and a run, Stu, what do you think? Well, that this is partly why earlier on when I was talking about the, the Steelers' chances of beating the Seahawks in week 16, I think it is, or week 17, or game 16. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said that because I looked at their the Seahawks run of games. I was kind of like, I think they might be there's a good chance they're out of it, like they might not be making the playoffs kind of thing. And by that point, if you're not making it, you may as well tank for a better pick. Yeah. I think you do I have a, think they've, they've got a chance to still win the five games. I think they've got commanders, they've got a chance, the Rams, yeah. and then you, you finish off with Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and the Cards. So you've still got potential to get to a 10 win yeah. season there. Is that going to be enough to come in the playoffs, though, Scud? Because we saw teams on nine wins last year not make it. Yeah. And the NFC, I think that's going to be hard to get in the playoffs with that record, I think. As I say, I but that's a bit, you're assuming that, the, as I'm saying, that's saying if they win them, but you've also, football's a funny game, and Dan, you'll yeah. testify to that with what happened to the Cardinals, mate. But it's just what these one off games, us beating the Bills, but no one would have seen that coming this year. So all these wee things can happen. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't. I definitely think it will be hard for them. I'm not denying that, but I think they might have a puncher's chance. And to be fair, Scott, we really don't know what 49ers are turning up every week at the moment either. And that's so true. they could get the 49ers that could walk them off the park. I've got the 49ers that just can't win games. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how the player. They've obviously got a chance in the playoffs. Whether it happens or not is, a, is another question. Right, let's get to predictions, guys. Good, where's this one going? 
Um, Seattle. Oh, I, I did put a score down, but I can't remember now. <laughs> Seattle, 24, 26. I was going, lad. I'll go Seattle with 10. So, I think it's going to be Seattle as well. Um, all things saying that. And, you know, just based on the fact that they have the offense and the commanders have traded away some people that may have put a lot of pressure on Gino. Kind of things like Gino's going to have too much time. And I think it's going to be a high scoring game, though. I'm going to put it in the, the over, over 55 total, total point wise. But yeah, I think the, the Seahawks will win it by, by seven. Yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks as well. Um, I'm not going to say comfortable, but I don't think there'll be in any danger here. I think um, their defense is going to have too much for for that Washington uh, line, and the Washington defense really don't have anything to throw at them. So, yeah, I'm going to go Seattle, not comfortably, but they'll win without too much of an effort. Right, guys, that was a great coverage of those three games. So, what we do is our favorite rest in one. So, usual rules apply. One more dancers, and then I somehow managed to give a story for each game anyway, even though I, I make up the rules and say it's one more dancers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I really get to talk, so I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, right, so let's start. Tonight's game, Panthers at the Bears. We'll do the usual clockwise. Scud, on you go. Um, Bears. Chubber. 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go Panthers. Well, I'm going to see. Uh, hopefully, Bryce Young can can do something, and I I like to see him pick up a wee bit. So I'm going to go Panthers just because I like Bryce Young. Uh, it's good. I may as well not ask you this one. Well, I can actually because you went against it the other week. So I'm going to go Colts and Pats. Uh, Pats. Colts. Yeah, Colts. <laughs> I like to let that happen in the head sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Saints oh. Vikings uh, Vikings Vikings still even with Dobbs yeah same uh, this one could be quite interesting Titans at Bucks just because I want to see it happen I want to see Titans see I was going to do that I'll say Bucks just so that we'll know because we've been we've all been like apart from the past like we've all been unanimous so far in every single game protection so I'm going to go Bucks but yeah I think this one could be very interesting I'm looking forward to this game actually I think this is this is an interesting game because it's probably the, the matchup of two of the most popular quarterbacks within the crew yeah Baker Mayfield against Will Levis um, I'm going to go Bucks I think they maybe just got too much on offence compared to the Titans uh, this one that we mentioned this time, this one I think potentially go either way depending on which side of the Santa Clara team turns up. So with 49ers and the Jags, I think I'd still need to go come off the bye of 49ers and I need CMC to have a good game. So, <laughs> for personal reasons, Scott chooses 49 <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm 49ers as well. Same thing coming off the bye. Uh, you know, hopefully some of the injuries should have healed up for some of their guys, so 49ers. Yeah, I think that bye week, they obviously had that, that wee spell where just things weren't going right for them and they weren't winning games they probably should have won or predicted to win. I think over the bye, they should have worked on that and I think uh, the 49ers with that one as well. Um, another two quarterbacks that are very highly liked within the crew. Next game, Lions and the Chargers. Lions. You know what? 
they've been looking better to me over the past bit. So I'm actually, I'm gonna say Chargers. But it feels weird saying it because normally I'm all about the Lions, but uh, Chargers. Uh, I can't go against the Lions. I don't know about when it's Justin Herbert. Oh, I'm, I'm torn. Oh, Ty. The next next game isn't a case of who's going to win it. There's two questions I got for this game. Next game, how many times is Tommy DeVito going to be sacked, and how many points are the Cowboys going to win by? Um, thirty-five and a shit ton. <laughs> Oh, I got them wrong around, sorry. <laughs> Make a pass into the defensive player team. Sorted. No, I, I think uh, by the end of this one, Tommy DeVito is going to think he's Danny DeVito or he's going to be about the same size and proportion. It'll be squished. So, no, I, uh, seven sacks. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, score-wise, yeah, I think there'll probably be a how many will they put score on them? Like, I don't know, 34 points, 35? Like, well, we beat them by, was it? We beat them by 40 at the start of the season, so... Uh, I I'm going to say, I think four, slightly less, I think you'll ease up just to be kind. Like, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giants, there's not a chance we're easing up in the Giants. Uh, to be fair, Gav messaged me this morning when they realised that uh, Tommy DeVito was um, starting it, I think he might be a wee bit fearful. Um, <laughs> Good gaff. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, Jets at the Raiders. Raiders. Jets. I'm going to go Jets as well. I think uh, they're Zach Wilson. He's going to keep them ticking over. Uh, going in, uh, that finishes that finishes on the rest of one. I'm just going to bring an off point in that's coming to my head. We'll talk about when's Aaron Rodgers coming back, guys? He told Derwin Jones last week, give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> He's thrown 50-yard passes on a three-yard drop, a three-step drop. When have we seen Aaron Rodgers back? I think it's, uh, I mean, I know he's saying two weeks, but come on. Like, with that injury, I think if he comes back in two weeks' time, that's absolute madness, and he's asking to just only last another, like, four or five snaps before it pops again kind of thing. It's like you, we know that, like, Shaney in the group or whatever, that he's been on the crew before in the past, like, Shaney suffered that same injury before. It took him like, I don't know what, close to two years. To, I know he's not a professional athlete with like a full team of physios, but it took him like two years to get back to being able to run properly. So to be him a bit like, I don't I don't see how he could possibly be back yet. Like maybe by the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, throwing, throwing those passes last week on a, a three-step drop was, I just even watched to think that he's got to that point already is just, just mental. I actually can't believe he's anywhere near back to on the field again, to be honest with you. Yeah. But you're saying, why not just wait and come back next year and try and do something the next year? Don't risk completely shattering your knee. And then you're, you're done. I know, he, I know he's nearly done because he's getting up there like in years, but you'd still think, to me, looking at Aaron Rodgers, he's never, it's like Tom Brady, he's never been like a runner. With the ball, so if he can keep himself healthy, you'd think he has another like what two, three years in him, mm-hmm. still being potentially wow. post his peak. So why yeah. would you come back and risk that? That's madness. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he'll come back if he doesn't, if he isn't 
fit enough to play. I don't think they're going to risk it because then they lose him for another year. But I think they're. I think they expected once he went out. I think the Jets thought season's done. We're not going to really do anything. They're sitting four and four. They're now thinking if we can just stay competitive for another few weeks, we can get him back and we can actually make a proper run for the playoffs here. Yeah, be interesting to see how that one plays out. Right, let's go on every favourite part of the week. Fantasy stun sleepers. They were terrible. Let me just pull up Craig. So Craig's got wide receiver and tight end, so I don't have to go with him first. Just wanted to check because I've got his. So, Scud, we'll come to you first. Who's your quarterbacks this week? Um, quarterback, Gino, is the was it a stud. Um, I just think he's going to get far too much time in the ball, and we've seen what he could do last year with the time. So I think Gino against the Commanders. Plus, I looked at that game too much. I couldn't no-pick them. <laughs> um, and sleeper Heineke versus the Cards. I think he's got wow, that's that's a brilliant sleeper. I love that. Like, because you've that's actually wait for somebody that might be available and like you know in a very deep league waiver wire. But like, mm-hmm. well done, Scud. Not Kayla Murray. Is he definitely he's playing? Yeah, yeah, he's he's playing for sure. It's been interesting. It's been interesting to see how he does coming back this week. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think I think he's a good shoot. I, I like that shoot. Uh, Stu, running backs. Okay, stud of the week, and this is way more obvious than him with his uh, Heineke. Uh, shout there, Rashad White for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've got him as a stud against the Colts. The Colts' defense has not been that not, great. When the Colts, God damn it, who Titans. they play? Titans. Okay, same thing. The Titans, their rush defense. Sorry, I had this. The Titans' rush defense started the year hot, is you know hotter than July, as Stevie Wonder would say. Kind of thing, but then and since week three or four, they've dropped off, and I think they're now down to like fourteenth or fifteenth in the league in rush defence, and they've been absolutely kind of well, not abysmal, but they've been getting cracked open a bit more as the seasons went on. So I could see Rashad White, who also seems to be picking things up again. I think he's going to yeah. do well with Bud. Okay, and your sleeper, sleeper, uh, have to go with a local boy. Thursday night football, Chuba Hubbard, picking him for the. Oh. Um, I actually had it lined up. My actual my, my question to you was going to be, who's your stud and sleeper and why is it Chubba Hubbard? And I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. He's the local boy. He's playing the Bears. And let's face it, the Bears have not been really, their, their defence has not been great. So to me, I just look at it and go, this is a perfect opportunity. And the Panthers might be looking at this as we can actually win this game here. So they're probably not going to be in a situation where they're just relying on Bryce to air it out. All the time, so there'll be a bit more rushing with it. So, Chuba Hubbard. Perfect. Right, go to wide receivers. So, Craig's picked up the wide receivers. So, his stud for the week is uh, D Hop. <coughs> he reckons against the, the box secondary, he'll get a good few yards. Um, he scored TDs already. So, he got 11 targets last week against the Steelers. He expects the same for, from him this week. So, he's going with, with D Hop as his stud. Uh, he's sleeper. This is why when I was, I was surprised. Scudgy will be happy with this one. He's going for Demario Douglas as his sleeper this week. Um, I said if, if Parker doesn't clear concussion, he's going to go with Demarco Douglas because he says the pass have got to come right at some point now. No, it's <laughs> um, a good shout, but we've not really got a, yeah. we're, dimin- we're diminishing at wide receiver all the time, so 
Somebody needs to catch the ball, I hope. Hey, well, do so. I'm not talking twice back to back. Scud, I'll come to you for the defences before I come back to the tight end. So, these are defences. Um, defences, again, I should have been allowed to look at games before it because I think the Seahawks will do well against the Commanders. I think we'll manage to hold them, especially the, with their secondary. I think that will be key in this one for that thing, me. And just to go completely against what you said about Chubba Hubbard and the Panthers, I've picked the Bears. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Canada, you <laughs> scud. <laughs> Not that Canada. Canada is angry right now. <laughs> Chad Kroger will be appearing outside your house <laughs> up for a Nickelback concert any day now. <laughs> Oh, bro. Right, tight ends. Craig's went with his studs. He's Dalton Schultz as he stud this week. Uh, Bengals are 29th against points against tight ends, too. So he's went, with, he's went with Dalton Schultz for that reason. And his sleeper, um, because Kyle Murray's back, he's gone with Trey McBride. Um, so, because he's playing against Atlanta, and he says that T. Hawk got a lot of success against them last week, so he's going to go for for Trey McBride as his sleeper tight end. I see the logic. Yeah, as always, do final word on this goes to yourself for the kickers. Okay, kickers, the stud. I'm going with a super obvious one, um, Youngway Koo. I'm going to pick. So Keith will be absolutely delighted because we all know how much he loves Koo. So there you go. Keith Koo is going to be the stud of the week. Uh, sleeper. It took me a long time to pick this because I was going through all these games. I'm sitting going like, there's too many that are too obviously going to do well or too obviously going to just be absolute tyre fires or not really get much kicking work. Um, so I have ended up going with Matt Prater. Um, he's playing the Falcons this week and I could see him putting up some decent points so if he's floating around your waiver wire maybe give him a punt if you're looking for someone for bye week coverage or if you just fancy picking up kicker like. So the real reason why you're not going for Aubrey this week Stu, is that we're going to score too many touchdowns and not enough field goals is that what you're, that what you're saying? That was exactly it because I kind of looked at him and was just, uh, that's why I went with Koo as the stud as well it was kind of a bit like oh I don't know I can't really pick him the Browns get like I did also look at it going well. Justin Tucker could put up points, but I'm like he's too obvious. I, I always take like the top few guys like in any position that I'm doing this with, and I just throw them out and then try and pick people that are a bit further down the list because I kind of feel like well Justin Tucker's going to be an automatic start and everybody's keep yeah. as him is playing him every single week uh, week because he's kind of matchup proof. Uh, Young Wei Koo probably is as well, but I'm still like he's a bit further down the list than Tucker. Uh, yeah. So is that oh, why no one ever picks Mac Jones for the study of the sleep quarterbacks then? Why is it the top too five? obvious? Just too <laughs> obvious. <laughs> when we say Mac Jones is asleep, it means that he is lying asleep on the field. That's what it's happening. He's up too late at night studying the playbooks. That's the thing. He's just trying to improve himself and he's ending up falling asleep during the games. <laughs> Scott, I'm not going to go slightly off topic here. When, when, when's he going to pull him? I don't know how you got to pull him for. Zappi's not exactly got to do much better. Or Cunningham? Cunningham's been, is he not back in the practice squad? Or cut? I don't know. Oh. I just don't, I don't think they'll think me. If they're going to say it, I think they'll see him out this year and then 
we'll probably end up with a decent pick if they're at a quarterback they can get it there personally I don't think they'll do much more apart from that this year we all know uh, Mike Grable's a decent quarterback, so you never know who you're going to get. And we're a new coach. <laughs> hey, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I love Thursday nights. They're my favourite night of the week now. And I love just chatting this chat with you guys. And again, tonight's been one where we've covered teams we don't always cover. We've, we've got some good stories out there. Um, let's, we'll do the same next week. Why not, eh? Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Just a wee reminder, get on the Twitter, check out the, the giveaway with Claire the Bear. couple of days left on it, some real good goodies in there. You don't want to miss out on this. Um, as always, she's put a great package together. She's not told us what's in it, but we know what she can put together. Um, so we know it's going to be something good. Uh, as always, catch us on all the socials at Good Island Crew, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, until next week, it's been this has been the preview crew. The guys will be back on Monday, assuming they're all well, with the review crew to look at these games. Uh, Scott, thanks for your time again tonight. Cheers, bud. Pleasure as always. Stu, I'll let you get back to work. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> Lunch break's over. Time to go back. <laughs> uh, cheers, everybody, and, and we'll catch you all soon.